The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio with your host, Ann Gelsheimer. We are entering higher levels of consciousness with both old and new spiritual technologies to help us be the people we've always dreamed of being. We can make the choice to evolve in consciousness and become the change the world needs today. Now, here is Ann Gelsheimer. Hello, this is your host, Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio. My guest today is Dr. Yap Van Etten. Yap was born and educated in the Netherlands. He received his Ph.D. in biology in Amsterdam, specializing in ecology. For the past 24 years, his focus has been on metaphysical ecology. He studies and teaches about human energies, earth energies, energies of stones, crystals, and crystal skulls, energy of the subtle worlds, and how these energies interact. He also studies the subtle worlds along with the beings connected to them. His latest book, Birth of a New Consciousness, Dialogues with the She, is a result of such studies. I first came across Yap's work when I became interested in the purpose and possibilities in working with crystal skulls, both ancient and new. Yap is certainly one of the world's most recognized authorities on working with crystal skulls. I then had the privilege of visiting him at his home not far from Sedona, Arizona, and I experienced such a wonderful sense of anticipation as I approached his home. He lives in an area that has many wonderful energies of various types of spiritual beings, and these energies can be readily sensed. After I left his home, I carried a sense of both unicorn energy and even more powerfully the consciousness of a dragon that stayed with me for days, and this was completely new for me. So, Yap, today I'm so happy to welcome you to Conscious Evolution Radio. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me. Well, it's a great pleasure to be on with you, and So, we have so many wonderful things to talk about, but I wonder if we could just start with where you're living and because you've done so much of your research, at least for this uh, most recent book, uh, Where You Are and uh, examining the portals that um, that are present. So could you talk to us about what a portal is and what you found in the land surrounding your home? Yes, a portal is, you can say, a variation of a vortex. And we use that term vortex nowadays in connection with Earth's energies. And the term has been chosen because those energies are experienced by people as uh, turning, spiraling. So the word vortex means to spiral. So it is all referring to spiraling energy. And when you look at the different uh, types that are existing and you begin to get a feeling for the different types that exist, you can split them, if you want, into different main types. So one is the vortexes that we call 
vortexes that are connected with the Earth at cross point of different energy lines or own energy lines. And portals are actually connecting the Earth with, you can say, different dimensions, which can be either connected with the Earth or outside of the Earth. So that are the two different main types. And Sedona has been, the area in Sedona has become very famous because of its vortexes. And it's interesting that that happens because they were mentioned for the first time in this area. But actually, vortexes exist everywhere in the world. And those who are listening, I can guarantee them that they will have vortexes in their area as well. The difference is that many of the vortexes that are used by human beings in, from ancient times to present times are more active, and people call them sacred sites, and as a consequence, they're more easy to feel, and in that sense, I think the Sedona area is very unique. So that's where I did a lot of my studies in the past 14 years. So you have, how, how would a person locate a vortex? Are you using dowsing or other methods? There are different ways. <clears throat> I use dowsing because that is how I was trained, and that is, you can say for me, the easiest way. But as soon as you begin to connect with them, you get a feel for them, and you can almost look at the landscape and say, oh, there is the shimmering energy where there's more intensity of energies. So then you know that that will be a location of a vortex. But I know people who sense them. They just walk to them. They are like walking dowsing rods, if you want. And I have met people that can hear them. So there are many different ways, seeing, hearing, feeling, and dowsing, yes. Oh, that's fascinating. I, I didn't realize um, about hearing. I've never heard that. That's fascinating. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I worked with a person who was able to tell exactly when we walked into a line, when we changed from one line uh, to another, and he could tell how wide they were, how many sublines there were. It was very amazing to work with that person. That's not a very common. Most people sense it or douse it, yes. Now, this is a good lead-in to uh, your first encounter with the she. Um, I wonder if you would talk to people about how that happened um, and how that's connected to portals and, um, and the land around your home. Yeah, it was during a study of different ruins in this area, of the Sedona area. There used to be people living here between about 750 and 1425, and then they disappeared. But they left behind many ruins, and they are called the Pueblo people. And the Pueblo people um, were not just placing a little home or a little or big city even on a place. No, no, no. They were really selecting them because they believed that the land was supporting their activities. So by studying the different ruins, you connect with the different vortexes and portals and learn how they use to use them in the past. And you can learn from the past to understand ways that we can use in this time frame to help, you can say, your own development of consciousness or the collective consciousness of mankind. So we were very passionate, and I say we because I do that with other people, very passionate about going to these places to help to understand us, how people in the past use it to learn from them. So going to these different uh, 
Ruins is not an easy thing because they are tucked away high in the canyons on ledges, so it's quite a lot of climbing. And one day we were one in, in one of the canyons, and I could feel a shift in energy, and it was so intense that I actually yeah, could hardly continue to walk, and that doesn't happen very often to me. So I knew there was something, and that something was driving me to continue. And ultimately, we reached the ledge where I was more or less collapsing, and then I realized that I actually was sitting on a vortex of a type that I've never, never felt before. And once I calmed down, I was aware of the presence of two beings that I could clearly describe, as clearly as I can describe you when I met you. And that was another amazing thing for me, because my friends couldn't see them. And that was the beginning of the connection with the she. I didn't know at that time that they were the she. It was more a meeting of... Yeah, what I would describe as people that were out of phase with us, but still connected with our physical reality. And they looked more royal, more state-like. It was very interesting to meet them. And it was only later that I began to realize, wait a minute, I've been reading about these beings. Would that be the she? At the moment that they asked that question, I felt such a surge of energy that it was like wow, that must be it. And that's how our journey started. Okay. And and would you tell us a bit more about uh, what they look like, like um, their hair color, clothing? I'm just curious because I I did see a being a couple of months ago that I think may have been one of the sheep, but I'm I'm just curious what you saw. Okay. What I saw was uh, slenderly built people that had uh, of a royal statue. They were standing so straight and radiate out a kind of a power that you know, ah, these are beings that are completely together. Hmm. You know, uh, with all respect to our human race, but you do not see so many people with that complete, yeah, so composed, so, so powerfully present. The hair color was a bit... It was a kind of a blonde with a little bit of a reddish overtone, I would say. Both had long hair. There was a man and a woman. Their clothes were, um, the underclothes were white, long, but both were pretty similarly dressed to my surprise. And they had different um, overgowns, you can say, with different colors. The one of the woman was more gold-like, and the man had more bluish type as a dominant color. Uh, it was funny. When they moved, it seems almost as if the colors were changing. So I was initially, I was like, what do I really see? And I've been um, blinking my eyes many times to stay focused. But it was not easy to focus because, as I say, they were out of phase with ours. And it was because they were willing to show themselves that I could see that. The woman had an, a band of, of around her hair and, uh, with something on the forehead that I couldn't see very clear. And the man had a smaller kind of a band around his head. It was not difficult to see the difference because one was so feminine and the other was so masculine, even though initially I was a little bit confused because they were pretty similarly dressed and had both long hair. So there's a short description. I don't know whether that's something that you saw as well. Well, 
I, I, it's similar. Um, actually, the hair color that I saw was red. Uh-huh. And uh, when I was sitting in my, I was meditating, actually. It's my office, my meditation room. I do all my radio work here. And it looks uh-huh. out on my garden. And I saw this being literally coming in from outside into the room. But it was so clear. And I'd never, I, I don't have a recollection of seeing this being before. But it, it looked like a woman, a beautiful long red hair. Uh, just a wonderful energy about her. I immediately thought elf or fairy. I just, I, I, yeah. I wasn't. And yeah. but what blew me away was when you sent the book to me, your new book, and I saw the cover. And of course, there's a woman there, a beautiful woman with red hair. Yeah. And I thought, oh, <laughs> is that a coincidence or what? <laughs> no, I don't think it's a coincidence. But it's also good to realize that because they're out of phase with us, and when they bring themselves in phase with us, that they may be able to um, choose certain colors that we will uh, feel confident and familiar with. So I'm not sure that they will really look like the way they present themselves. You know, It is one of the things that we see with many beings in the subtle world, and there are many subtle worlds out there, that try to present themselves when they show themselves to us in a way that we can recognize what they are. And otherwise we look at something in a complete bewilderment and will not really know. So... It is a little bit difficult to say whether they really look that way or that it's the way they present themselves to us. Do you understand what I mean? I absolutely do. I, I was wondering that myself was because was, I do know uh, that some beings can do that. And it's very helpful. It helps us make that connection. So yes. thank you for adding that, sort of confirming that little voice in the back of my mind. Do they really look like that or is that yeah. just a way of identifying themselves? <laughs> yeah. I must say that now I am used to this form. What I notice is when I go in the area where they are living, and they only show themselves when, I don't know, when circumstances are right, when I'm in the right frame of mind, in the right state, you can say. And now I see more than the two that I see originally, and sometimes there's a group standing there. And I've seen for the first time also children, which really deeply touched me because it's from my perspective a sign of trust that they have in me. And yeah, that's something that I deeply appreciate and it's doing something emotionally with me when I see those children. Yeah. That that's very true to share their their babies with you. That's very yes. trusting. Yeah. Would now we're just gonna have a few minutes before we'll go to our first break, but I wonder if we I know historically they have a presence elsewhere on the on the world. For instance, in Ireland, they speak about the she. That was the first time I actually heard about the she was when I was studying Celtic shamanism with Tom Cowan. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the, the name she is a Celtic name. And it actually, they're called a she, which means people of the mounds. And according to the Irish and also Scottish tradition, it is believed that they live mainly underground. And what I understood from the she is that they went underground to separate themselves from the human lower vibrational energy. There are only very few communities that are above ground, and one of them is in this area. And that's why it was easier to meet them, because it's not so much that they have to come to the surface. No, they are at the surface, and in that sense, it's easier to feel the area and experience elements. Although I must admit that the area is not easy to reach. It's really quite an effort to climb to the area they live in. 
but it is different from there. And my feeling is that they are existing throughout the world and that they are known under different names if you really are searching for it. Yeah. And, and have they ever uh, visited you in, in your home after, once you made connection in their area? Have they ever come to your area? No, I don't see them in the home, but because the connection that we have is telepathic, you know, it doesn't matter where I am, we can communicate, and that's how the book was written. It was through telepathic communication. If I want to meet them, I really have to go into the area where they live. Okay. We're going to take a short break, um, but we're going to come back and uh, dive right into the book and the information that they've been sharing with you. So this is Ann Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to Conscious Evolution Radio at gmail.com again that's conscious evolution radio at gmail.com now back to this week's program hello this is ann gelsheimer and welcome back to conscious evolution radio my guest today is dr yap van etten and we have been talking about his new book um which is dialogues with the she and we're going to we're going to jump right into that now because this book has some very very important information so yep the the title of the book is birth of a new consciousness what do you mean by a new consciousness well the whole idea actually came when i was meeting the she for the first time and at the same time I was meeting or connecting if you want with Gaia and Gaia is the consciousness of Mother Earth and everything that lives on it and Gaia was telling that we are in a phase where we have to make a choice as as a human race as a human species according to her when we started to come to Earth as souls, we were giving the opportunity to work through a physical system in order to experience physicality, 
Uh, in order to feel what it means to create in a more dense world, in a physical world, with the responsibility to bring the total vibration of this world to a higher level. And that was, you can say, an agreement that we made. And what happened is that we have, let's say, co-created as a species, as we experienced the human race, co-created the situation where we went so deeply into what we can call physicality in the, in the vibrations of the physical form that we forgot that promise that we made to raise the vibration. So we did actually the opposite. We lowered it and lowered it and lowered it. And we, we really got caught into the lower vibrations of the physical reality. Well, Einstein was once saying, if you want to change something, you have to do that with a different way of thinking than with which you have created the problem. So when we were talking about there needs to be a shift for human beings to really take the responsibility of being the caretakers of this world, it means we need to look at the world and the way we live in a new way. And it is based on that that we say what we actually need is a new consciousness, a new way of looking at the world that we live in. We are thinking about it, but we don't live it. We are, um, you can say, mentally aware, but we are not truly conscious of what that means. So it was actually Gaia who suggested what you need is a new consciousness in order to fulfill your promise and in order to create again harmony in this world. So that was the title, The Birth of a New Consciousness. And uh, there are many exciting ways where we can support that process with. I love the way the same uh, important impulse is expressing itself everywhere. I, I'm thinking of my own, you know, starting the radio show and calling it Conscious Evolution Radio. Yes. It, it was definitely about that knowing we need to evolve our consciousness and we need to do it collectively, but individuals have a huge part to play in all of that. So let's yeah. talk about that. How how does the average person listening to this show who absolutely understands what you're saying, that this is, this is essential now to do this, how do we take the steps to begin to help evolve consciousness? Well, of course, the step to contribute is to take full responsibility of our lives. That's the very, very first step. And that means that we need to be willing to look at the way we live and to make a decision to start doing everything we can to express who we really are. And I'm saying that with some emphasis, who we really are, because we have began to believe who we need to be based on the messages that we have received from, well, basically it starts with parents. And I'm not saying that from a critical point of view, because they received their messages from their parents and so on. Right. So we have begun to believe that this is who we are. And we do that as an individual, and we do that as a species. So... The first step is to choose, you can say, to be willing to express who you truly are and let go of ideas about what that means. So I call that exploration. We have to become, again, like children who are exploring this world. You know, it's like that saying, if you're not like children, you will never 
enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, right. for me, kingdom of heaven is the pleasure, the joy of fully living into a kind of paradise environment, which I believe we can create. And it is that journey of becoming again like a child to be willing to explore and to let go of all that we have learned to survive and function in this world and say, okay, what other ways are there? And different people will find different ways. That is not something like we have one way to go to reach that particular goal of fully expressing who we are, because then we would all be the same kind of human beings, and we are not. So we have to find our own unique ways. And what we do is, you know, we follow, you know, to the best of our ability, that's what we resonate most with. So, for example, you know, when we start to explore and we listen to somebody who is talking about crystal skulls and we feel a strong resonance, but that's something to explore. If you don't feel a resonance, that's not your path. If you read or hear about the she and you feel immediately a resonance, then you explore what those beings that are called the she can give you that can help you to express more of who you are. And this is how we begin to work. You know, we can work with dragons. You mentioned dragons. They are wonderful beings that can help us to connect deeper with who we are. And so there are many, many different ways. And some people will start first with saying, okay, what is my overall conditional state? How am I physically, emotionally, mentally? And what can I do to change that? How can I raise my vibration? So different people will find in different ways. And uh, in that sense, it's not easy to say that is the best way. You know, you know that I personally love the way of the crystal skulls because they offer so much. But since I met the she, I realized that there are other aspects of consciousness that we can tap into, that we can learn to connect with, that can also raise our vibration. So there are many different ways. So let's talk about that because I I love that in your book, uh, the many different kinds of beings and and the beings of the subtle, subtle, subtle worlds. So tell us about that. What are some of the beings that people might feel an affinity to, a connection with? As soon as we talk about the subtle worlds, we open actually the doors for tremendous amount of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And most people, I think, are aware of beings that are called the devas, for example, the ones that some people call the earth angels, the beings that are the caretakers, the guardians of the different powers and energies. So you have, for example, a mountain has a deva, and in different languages they got different names. For example, in South America they call them the apus. So there are, those beings are known, and many traditions are familiar with them, and connection with them, because they are of a higher vibration, will help us to raise our vibration. But there are so many, so many beings, and many of them are, we believe, are from fairy tales, you know, like unicorns and dragons. Well, if you have stories that are so persistent throughout long periods of times by many different traditions, it's always important to look a little bit deeper into them. Well, one of the things that I've learned is that whenever a species exists, whether we see them or not, there will be a grid system on the Earth. And a grid system is a set of lines, energy lines, that holds the information 
uh, of the existence of a particular species. So to say it's simple, we need a grid system in order to exist. That's the information that makes it possible for us to exist. And every plant and every animal has it. But also every um, being from the subtle world has it. So those who like to douse for energy lines and vortexes can douse, for example, whether uh, lines and vortexes exist for a certain species. So let's take as an example a unicorn. So we know about the different pictures of unicorns. Well, does a unicorn truly exist? Anyone who can douse can find energy lines that confirm that they exist. Once you believe in them, you're more open, and once you're open for the possibility, you may begin to receive or perceive information or energies or maybe even a form. If you believe they don't exist, something from the subtle world can never come into your awareness. And all those beings that are, let's say, from this higher vibrational state can help us to go to find more of ourselves. So here opens a whole world, or worlds even, of possibilities. So as I said, different people will have different resonances. So it is for people to explore again, you know, explore for yourself that possibility that dragons exist, for example. And I do uh, give workshops uh, about dragons and dragon energies, and people that once are connected get very excited about that. Actually, I'm going next week to the Netherlands to do a number of workshops, and two of them is about dragons, and people love it. I was going to ask you to do one maybe in Arizona because I would love to attend. I I really felt the energy very clear, very clear dragon consciousness after I left your place and certainly was not expecting that. So (laughs) it was very validating that this is, there's really something. And it was wonderful. I love that energy. You know, the dragons, from the perspective as I see them, are an expression of the consciousness of Mother Earth. Which means that there are powers that we need in order to live in harmony with the earth. And there are tremendous gifts because, as I mentioned earlier, we are not in alignment anymore. Most optimal way to live with them. So we need to find new ways. And the dragons literally show us the way. That is the big gift that they give us. They show us the way of how to live in harmony on this planetary system, which is a beautiful, powerful, crystalline being that is providing us with everything that we need, and we take far more than we need. So we need to learn that that balance, and the dragons help us. They literally are expressions, and as far as I understand, based on the, and I go back to the grid systems, there are something like 27 different species of dragons. So this is a whole world that's opening. I had no idea. Five years ago, if you would have told me that I would talk about dragons in a radio show, I would say, you are completely out of your mind because I don't believe in dragons. Well, now I give workshops. I not only believe in them, I can work with them. And and people that make the connection learn to work with them and get totally excited about it. 
So, uh, so tell us, you've explained how they help us, but what are they? I mean, there's so much mythology around dragons and so many different ideas from, you know, being beings that bring good fortune to being beings that need to be slain by St. George, was it? I don't know. <laughs> what, what is a dragon from your research? A dragon is basically, you can say, an energy being that is an aspect of the consciousness of the earth that can take form because they are independent functional units as we are. So you can call them beings or thought forms that have come into a beingness state. So they are, as I see them, more energy forms that can take any form and when we talked about that before, that beings can show in different forms. And the form that is now recognized is a reptile type of a being. So many will describe something like that that they see. Well, the depictions that you see about dragons in almost every book and in every movie is about a form that I believe has been created and is symbolic for the fact that they are connected to the four elements, fire, water, um, air, and earth. So they are depicted as fire-breathing, element of fire. They have uh, wings, which is the element of air. They have a snake-like lengthy body, which means they can flow through the water. And they have uh, four legs, which means they are standing on on the land, which is earth. So the shape that we see is more symbolic. And the negative reputation that they have in the West, I think, have been introduced by religion because dragons are earth energy. And in the, as we know from the history, you know, there is a big suppression about the power of the earth. It all had to be spiritual and gods and angels. So the earth energy is even coming through energy lines, and that's why, for example, the Chinese call the energy lines Long Mei, which means dragon lines, <laughs> which is an indication that dragons are associated with earth energies and the expression of the mother already since, since eons of times. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. And I was thinking of, you know, even the reptilian form, it's an ancient form, it's an ancient form of life, and so... Just on that level, symbolically, it suggests how old these energies are, as, as old as the planet. <laughs> yes. Anyways, and, we, and, mm-hmm. sure. and the interesting thing is, is that many of the reptiles have to do with our subconsciousness. And it is that what is hidden, and that's why we are often afraid of them. So that's why they are depicted often as something to fear, and as such, it comes into the stories as fearful creatures. But in reality, it's a reflection of the fact that our subconscious is inducing a lot of fear into us. Isn't that interesting? And also the survival part of our brain is called the reptilian part, but exactly. these drag, dragon energies are helping us learn how to survive and, and thrive on this planet. Yes, yes. But it also is telling us that it is our fight and flight and has to do with the fear, and I go back to the same word again, fear. Right. Well, we're going to take a short break again. Um, so... Uh, Please hang on, come on back and join us because we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about subtle worlds, maybe about unicorns. I don't know. We'll see where the conversation goes. So this is Anne Gelsheimer on Conscious Evolution Radio, and we will be right back. 
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to Conscious Evolution Radio at gmail.com again that's conscious evolution radio at gmail.com now back to this week's program hello this is your host Dan Gelsheimer and welcome back to conscious evolution radio my guest today is Dr. Yap Van Etten and we have been talking about his metaphysical research uh, fascinating research into uh, a new consciousness for the earth uh, dialoguing with beings called the she and now I'd love to talk a bit more about the the support that the beings from the subtle world can can offer us in terms of uh, shifting our vibration and whatever else your research has shown. Yeah. So when we look at our world, we will all agree that that is a plant and that is a tree and that is a rock and that's a mountain. So you can say we have a agreed upon a collective idea about the world. What we are not always realizing is that that's a consequence of the fact that we all are, are connected to what we call our collective consciousness. So we see the world similarly or to a very large degree because we have an agreed upon reality. Yeah. And yes. this is important when we talk about a new consciousness because if I mentioned an agreed-upon reality, that also means that we can change that reality if we are agreeing about it. And when you talk about the development of a new consciousness, it means that we are invited to begin to look at this world with different eyes, so to speak, in different ways. So the many beings that are coming forward in this time frame are all telling it's time for us to change that consciousness. And we talk about and have talked about 2012 as a part of shifting consciousness. And there are many people who think, well, not much happened. Well, I invite those people to look again because I think a lot happened and is happening. We are shifting our consciousness. And what is fascinating in that process is that people begin to become aware more of subtle worlds. So we mentioned dragons and unicorns. And I talk to 
a lot of people now because they read the new book, The Birth of a New Consciousness, and we mentioned dragons and unicorns and subtle beings and the she. You can normally not even see them. So all of them belong to the subtle world that suddenly begins to become again a part of our world. So we are invited to begin to be willing to look at the world in a different way so that we can again reconnect because we used to be connected with that but I can't that's why I call it reconnect with the subtle worlds and there are so many beings in the subtle world because every plant and every animal and even every stone and rock has their own uh, subtle beings connected with them and people begin to feel that again it is you know, if you would have started this talk, let's say, 20 years ago, people would scratch behind their ear and are wondering whether it's time to lock us up. And now it is something that people are talking about openly, where you can see books and uh, even movies appearing, and more and more people are opening to the possibility that this all is existing. So the first thing you do is ask yourself, am I willing to be open to look into this wonderful, subtle world, yeah. to begin to understand that we can look at the reality in a different way, and with that, we literally shift our consciousness and birth a new consciousness. And all those beings are willing to help us. What a gift that is. So when we talk, for example, about the nature spirits, this is something that uh, the people in the past have been talking about. It's not something new. It is that we have lost it in, due to our logic mind. Only that what we see is existing. And now we begin to understand that we see such a tiny fraction of reality. This is pure science. You know, we right. just see a little bit. And that of what we see, only a limited is processed into awareness. So how can we say that this is the world when we already scientifically know that we actually take in maybe 1% of that what is around us? So we are now in this process of expanding, expanding and expanding. And all those beings have been waiting till we finally were opening, no, I don't want to say only our eyes, no, our system, so that we can reconnect with them and can begin to explore the world in a different way. And then we are literally in a new consciousness because it's not the old way of uh, restricting to certain scientific paradigms, but the willingness to trust more our perception of that what we see and, uh, and, and are aware of. That's so well put. I, I'm thinking of all the people I've listened to over the years in my, my role as a counselor and group facilitator. And when people actually step forward and start sharing these experiences, and so many people from diverse backgrounds are having them, whether it's they've always seen fairies since they were little, or they're having experiences of people who have died and crossed over, very validated experience, fascinating experiences, or you know experiences with star beings. But when they start sharing it, there's an empowerment there, uh, and people are able to own it. Um, and the ones that have the hardest time owning it are, are the ones sometimes who are the, mo- the professionals, like myself, who you know, we've sort of bought into this uh, worldview that doesn't include anything beyond the five senses. And yeah. 
I'm so happy that even in, in psychology now, we're starting to be informed by other cultures, a multicultural psychology, where we're looking at other cultures that see and experience and know these things as part of their everyday life. And it's not strange. In fact, it's very beneficial for the community. It is. Well, and you talk to somebody who has been uh, trained as a scientist. So for me, it was quite a shift to say, okay, I'm willing to drop all paradigms. You know, that's one of the invitations that I would like to extend to the listeners as well. You know, if you're willing to look at the world with new eyes, it means like being willing to say, okay, everything that I have learned, let me drop that for a moment and look completely fresh at this world. And yes, many of the old things will come back, but it also opens the possibility for new things. Well, if you say, no, everything that I've learned I'm holding on to, then there is not that space to expand farther. And that has helped me. So I begin the day with, okay, what will this this day bring me? Because I'm willing to drop everything that I believe, and I'm open for anything new that is coming. And that has brought me into these connections that I would never have believed even five years ago I would make. You know, in unicorns, the dragons, and especially the she, that for me were a real, real big gift. I wonder if we could say just a few words about the unicorns. Um, I know that some people feel a very deep attraction to them, and others are, you know, they still remain in the in the land of fairy tales. What are the unicorns from your experience? Well, unicorns are beings that I would say are from a parallel reality that can move into this reality, and I think they used to be part of it, but because of their vibrational state and because of the, the decrease in vibration in our reality, they no longer fit it in, so to speak. But they can move into this reality, and it is not easy to explain how these vibrational systems all work, but they move in and out. Most pictures of uh, unicorns are horses with a horn, and that's not how I perceive them. I see them more like deer-like, and they have not one toe, but two toes. And I'm not saying this is exactly how they look like. I'm just sharing how I perceive them. So I perceive them more as deer-like. And there is one species, because there are more species than one, that looks like an elk size. So you can say a horse size, so I understand why they are as a horse. But I see also one that is very, very, very tiny, you know, just only about uh, not more than two feet high. So Mm -hmm. there there are different species as far as I see. And then, you know, I already shared what I do is I take my dowsing rod and I go into the land and say, okay, does vortexes exist? Does uh, lines exist? And then I come to, yes, there are, and I found so far lines of three species. If I understand the she, they say that there are two more species that actually are not coming into our world, but they are in their world. So they are aware of two more species. This is very exciting. We are talking about beings that we thought was one form, and now there is this information that there could be more forms. That stimulates me into the willingness to drop my belief structures and be as open as I can be in my explorations. So the key word that comes with uh, unicorns that I believe that makes it them so attractive to people is purity. And I think we all have a longing 
for a life that is more pure, without the heaviness, the fears, the worries, and all those things that will seem to belong to our, to most people's daily life. Right. And here are those beings that you know radiate this energy of purity, which of course speaks to our inner child, who is actually also initially a very, very pure being coming into this world. So we've talked about these beautiful beings, whether they're unicorns or nature spirits, uh, the she, the, the dragons. What and, and we know from, from what you've been describing in your book and our conversation that when we connect with these beings, it actually helps raise our vibration. What do you see as the next steps? What, what have you been uh, discovering since you completed your book? Well, one of the things that the CEC is very important is what they call the reconnection to our essence. Mm. So we will use the term soul for that. You know, the belief is that we are basically uh, souls, spiritual beings that have a human experience that incarnate into this physical form and that the soul will remain and have different experiences. So the CEC say, well, one a very important aspect for us to stay into the essence and express what we came here to do in this physical reality is to connect with your essence. And according to them, we all came from the stars. We are all star beings. Mm-hmm. So learning to feel with which star system you resonate with is for them very important. And since the writing of the book and going into their their worlds with all the challenges of climbing and going to very difficult places, I've learned to connect with many of the different star systems that they connect with and seeing that there is quite a difference into where they connect with and where we connect with based on uh, what the Sinaguas, the people that used to live here, the Pueblo people, were right. doing. There are different star systems. And when I mention some of them, then every indigenous person will nod their head that our connection tends to be with the Pleiades, with Sirius, with Arcturus, with Andromeda, with Orion, and Alpha Centauri. I think there are the main things that the indigenous people are talking about. That is our connection. Well, interestingly... There is hardly any of that is where the she are connecting with. They connect with completely different systems with a few exceptions. So the question that was coming up is, okay, do we need to become more like the she or do we need to follow who we are? And that's a an, an discussion that hasn't been completed because they say that we were originally the same people, the same group of beings that came to the earth. We, have, we are related to each other according to them. So they believe that we have the same origins, but that later other people came in and that those people came through the connections with the star systems that I just mentioned, and that's why the, we feel more connections with them. But they say that if we would look deeper, we may find some connections that are of a higher vibration that more represent our soul essence. So this is a very interesting discussion because we don't have the tendency to uh, look at the stars for understanding who we are. And this is one of those areas that I feel that we may explore much more. And that is not from the perspective of looking at the UFOs. It's more from the perspective of going to portals 
and feeling the vibrational energy where we resonate with. You know? And I'm not saying that UFO research could not be a part of that. I feel that the portals that are existing on Earth are connections with those systems that at least uh, people or some people have a resonance with. So this is so, the time, and I use the word again, exploration. You know, so the willingness coming, to go and explore and learn to find those spots, you know, and, and see, do I resonate with that? Do I vibrate with that? So we just have about a minute and a half left. Um, I didn't want to interrupt because that was so important. And I think even when people are uh, doing the, the contact work that I'm familiar with, we're connecting in energy, in energy, not just with mechanical ships flying in and out. But I want to thank you so much uh, for this fascinating conversation. And, and I want to invite you back. Uh, we didn't talk much about Crystal Skulls, and that's a whole other show in itself. So I, hope, I do hope you'll come back. But thank you so much for being on the program. It was a great pleasure. And for sure, I'm very willing to explore with the people and the listeners many other subjects that they are interested in. And just uh, for listeners to know, there is going to be a guest uh, webpage here for Yap Van Atten where, with his website, so you can follow what his activities are in the coming months. So this is Anne Gelsheimer, and thank you so much for listening to Conscious Evolution Radio. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Evolution Radio. Please join Ann Gelsheimer for another great show next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We hope to see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.